In Luke chapter 2, we're told, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. As I've been reading and reflecting on the Christmas story over the last few weeks, there's a phrase I keep finding myself using as I talk about the Christmas story. In fact, you've heard me say this over and over throughout the years. I often don't say the Christmas story. I talk about the events of the first Christmas, that these were real events that happened and involved real people. But the part of that phrase that is stuck in my mind more than any other this year is that phrase, first Christmas. And I think the reason it has stuck with me so much this Christmas is that while we're not actually participating in the first Christmas, so many of you watching tonight, this is your first Christmas since something big took place in your life. For some of you, let's be honest, it's a joyous big thing. For a lot of you in our church, this is the first Christmas since you welcomed a child into your family. Maybe it's your first child or maybe a new addition to the family. But it's your first Christmas with a child or first Christmas as a family of four or five or six. It's a special time. Maybe for you, it's the first Christmas since you got married. It's your first Christmas decorating together and forming your own new family traditions and making your family plans for Christmas together. Maybe for others of you, it's the first Christmas since you got the job, the job that you went to school for, the job that you prayed for, the job that you went through a long interview process for, the job that you all that would provide in ways that you have always dreamed of. Maybe it's the first Christmas since you got engaged and it's a special time for you and your fiance. Maybe it's the first Christmas since you became a dog mom or a dog dad or heaven forbid a cat mom or cat dad and you're ordering Christmas gifts from Chewy and placing them in we didn't even know this existed but pet proof wrapping paper. Maybe, maybe it's your first Christmas in a new place. Maybe you moved to a new city. Maybe you moved to Crucis and you found your place. And let's be honest, if you're in Crucis like I am, you found your weather because 60 and sunny on Christmas ain't half bad. Maybe it's your first Christmas since you got healthy. Maybe it's the first Christmas without in a long time without hip or back pain. The first Christmas since your cancer went into remission. The first Christmas since God brought some healing to your family relationships. Maybe it's the first Christmas since you became a true empty nester. All of the kids are officially grown and moved out of your home. And it's the first Christmas in a long time. It's just the two of you. See, it's, it's a wonderful thing to celebrate Christmas amidst these, these joyous big things. But I also know that there are some of you tonight who are still processing and grieving some of the big things that you have faced this year because this year is the first Christmas since the loss of a loved one. That after a long health battle, a parent or a grandparent or a sister or a brother passed away and you feel their loss in big ways during the holiday season. Maybe it's your first Christmas since you lost your job. You find this also as the first Christmas that you've spent on unemployment. For some of you, this is the first Christmas since your diagnosis. For some of you, this is the first Christmas since your divorce. For some, this is the first Christmas since your heart got broken and the relationship that you thought would go the distance went down the drain. For some of you, this is the first Christmas since you became empty nesters and it's the first Christmas in a long time where it's just the two of you and it feels lonely. For some, it's the first Christmas since you got COVID and you're still dealing with some after effects of that a few months later. 
See, firsts are full of emotions. The joyous first, you wish you could keep that magic alive every year, and the more difficult ones, you may hope that you'll never repeat again. Some of the more difficult ones, they leave a mark that you know you'll feel every year at Christmas. And some of the joyous firsts are incredible, but leave you with some anxiety, wondering if you're enough to keep up all of that good together. And the good news for all of us facing a first Christmas since is that if you find yourself feeling all of that, you actually find yourself in the same shoes that Mary and Joseph found themselves in during the events of that very first Christmas. See, the people at the heart of the first Christmas are people who are facing a whole lot of firsts, some great and some heartbreaking, and they're dealing with all of the emotions that come with each of them. See, first Christmas as a married couple, it should be joyous. First Christmas is welcoming their first child. It should be wonderful. Angels proclaiming their child would be a special anointed child. Amazing! Shepherds and wise men come to welcome this newborn child because the heavens and the angels announce his arrival. Wonderful! And, and at the same time, the first Christmas for them came with a great deal of baggage. Their engagement and their wedding were nothing like they hoped and planned that it would be. Because of the nature of this pregnancy, there were constant questions about what the real story was. Mary's family had in fact sent her away in disgrace, and you can bet that Joseph's family had some questions as well. All was not calm. All was not bright. Everyone was shaken, and everything they knew was shaking. And yet in the midst of all the shaken and the shaking, here is what we are told by Luke in the Christmas story. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. See, the shepherds are shaken, and yet they're told not to be afraid. Because this angel has not come with fire and fury. This angel has come with good news. No reason to fear, but reason to rejoice and celebrate. Today, your Savior has been born, and you will find him perfectly still. Story goes on, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is amazing. While the earth didn't realize the significance of what had happened, all of heaven did. All of heaven was rejoicing that God's plan of salvation was finally being revealed. Finally, there would be a way for peace between heaven and earth. Story goes on in verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So when they arrive, they find things to be exactly as the angel had told them. A young family excited about the arrival of their child, scared out of their mind because they don't know what comes next, and they certainly aren't expecting any visitors on this night. They're shaken. But the one around whom the story revolved was not shaken. He was still. And that serves as a great reminder, and our bottom line tonight is simply this, that when our world is shaken, our Savior is still. When our world is shaken, our Savior is still. 
Now you might think, well, he was a baby. Well, what else, what else would he be doing? And if that's your response, it may have been a while since you have seen an actual infant. <laughs> they do not always sleep. They're full of wiggles. They are constantly discovering the world around them. They're fussy and they are rarely still. But Jesus is. And, and more than whether or not the Christ child was still, we know our Savior to be still and unshaken when the world around him was shaking. See, the child who was asleep on the hay while his parents and the world around them was shaking grew into the man who would peacefully sleep in the back of a boat as winds and waves raged around his freaked out disciples. He would grow into the man who would later walk on the waves through the stormy winds. He, he would grow into the Messiah who, when everyone was freaking about how to feed a crowd of 5,000 and 4,000 people, he would calmly step into the conversation and say, well, what do you have? Because what, whatever you have is enough because I am here. When our world is shaken, our Savior is still. And that's good news for so many of us tonight, because right now, your world may be shaky, and it may be shaking, and you may feel shaken. But the good news of Christmas is that a Savior has been born, and when your world feels shaken, He is still, and He remains unshaken. That no matter how shaken your world gets, He is the unshakable, still God come to earth to live among us. And here's what I mean when I say He is still, and what it means for you to trust in that. It means that He is peace in a world desperately searching for peace. In a world where when you're shaken, you can't find peace in all the podcasts and in all of the mindfulness and all the breathing exercises the world has to offer. In that world, he himself is peace for you and peace for me. He made peace between you and your heavenly father and he brings peace to you and I with his presence in the midst of our storms. It means that he is consistent in a world full of inconsistency. In a world that's shaky because you don't know who and what you can trust because people and institutions seem to change and shift every single day or every single hour, we have a Savior. We have a Heavenly Father who is consistent, who is unchanging, who is steady. This is why we call Him the solid rock. This is why we call Him our sure foundation. And finally, it means that He is able when no one else and nothing else is able. In a world full of need where we don't always know where to turn with our needs because we don't know who can meet our needs, our Savior hears every prayer and can meet every need. He is able. This is why we know God as Jehovah Jireh, my provider, because our Savior can supply and can meet every need. He is able. When our world is shaking, our Savior is still. And maybe, just maybe, this Christmas, this first Christmas since whatever you would fill that blank in with. You need to be reminded that when your world is shaken, there is a God who is not. There is a God who is consistent. There is a God who is able. There is a God who is our peace. And you can know Him and have a relationship with Him because at Christmas, God sent His Son to be our Savior. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you that at the first Christmas, you set an example for what we would live in and what we could experience every year, every day, and especially every Christmas. So God, while some of us and many of us are experiencing a first Christmas and the world is shaken and the world is crazy and everything is going wild around us and we may be full of joy that leads to craziness and while we may be filled with grief and sadness that leads to craziness, God, I pray that that we would know that where, whatever craziness we find ourselves in, you are the God who is consistent. You're the God who is peace. 
You're the God who is able. And that when the world around us is shaken, you are the God who is not. So God, thank you that we can know you right now. Thank you that we can experience your peace right now. Thank you that we can lean on your consistency right now. And thank you that we can lean on to, into you knowing that you will meet every need right now. Thank you for the first Christmas that set an example of what we could know and what we could experience in you for all the days to come. We love you, God, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.